Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part three of the series entitled Peace with God. Today's subtitle is The Narrow Way, and I pray that you will enjoy it. Don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find this entire series entitled Peace with God and so much more. And you can also subscribe to Kingdom Inspirations. I believe it's going to bless you. Just look for it on the homepage. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled The Narrow Way, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, um, we're going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to get right into into uh, God's rich word. And I pray that your hearts are open and receptive to hear what thus saith the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name uh, for this opportunity that you have given us to glorify your name. You've given us this opportunity to bless you, to hear from your, to hear from your spirit. You've given us this, this opportunity, Lord, to acknowledge you and to receive from you. And Lord, we pray that you would just teach us today, that you would lead us into all truth, and that you would show us things to come. We admit, we admit our dependency upon you. We really do need you more now than ever. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us of all of our sins, for washing us with the precious blood of Jesus, for making us whole and pure in your sight. Lord, we acknowledge the presence of your holy angels that are here with us. Father, thank you that there are also ministering spirits sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation. Lord, we thank you for the signs and wonders and miracles that shall happen and that are now happening, that have already happened, and that will continue to happen as a result of hearing your word, as a result of being led and yielded to your Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, teach us. Now, Lord, lead us into all that truth and show us things to come. We acknowledge you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, we're going to continue uh, in the series uh, today of peace with God. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, do you have peace with God? Peace with God. On last week, we spoke from the subject of it's not popular. It's not popular. But on today, so again, if you have not heard those copies, if you not, have not heard that message, the CDs are available on the back table there, and it's also available online at our website, and uh, it's also available on the Kingdom Rock app. So I just want to encourage you to make sure uh, that you get the message it's not popular. It is part two in this series. Today, we're going to go on in this series, and uh, we're going to read, or rather, we're going to speak from the subject of the narrow way. The narrow way. The narrow way. This is so important that you understand this. There is a narrow way. And before we get into the scripture, because I'm going to read to you again out of the book of um, Matthew, the seventh chapter, verses 13 and 14. I'm going to read that to you out of the voice translation, and you'll see that on the screen in just a moment. But I want you to understand that it is the purpose of our existence as human beings to, first of all, glorify God. Secondly, to please God, to love God, and to serve him. 
Again, it is the purpose of our existence as the human race, one, to glorify God, to please him, to love him, and to serve him. All other purposes are folly. They're misleading you. Now remember, this can only be accomplished through the gospel of Jesus Christ while under the influence and direction of the Holy Spirit. This can only be accomplished through the gospel of Jesus Christ and under or while under the influence and direction or control of the Holy Spirit of God. Apart from Christ, humanity does not have a chance. Does not have a chance, not one. But again, there is a narrow way. So again, let's look at this. And uh, Matthew, the seventh chapter, verses 13 through 14, it says this. This is out of the uh, voice translation. And it says, there are two paths before you. You may take only one path. One doorway is narrow and one door is wide. Go through the narrow door for the wide door leads to a wide path and the wide path is broad. The wide broad path is easy and the wide broad easy path has many, many people on it. But the wide broad easy crowded path leads to death. Verse 14, now then, that narrow door leads to a narrow road that in turn leads to life. It is hard to find that road. Not many people manage it. Every Sunday, we meet to find that narrow road. Every Bible study, we meet to find that narrow road. And that narrow road is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I didn't come to church today to fulfill some type of religious quota, and I pray that you didn't either. I didn't come today to show off my suit or, or to look good in front of people or to pick up somebody at the church. Strange people do strange things in the church. I came today, first of all, to glorify God. I came today in search or pursuit of his pleasure. I want to please him. I came today to love him and to serve him. All others are folly. It's all folly. It's all meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. It's vanity. When we stand before the Lord, which we will all stand before the Lord, we'll all stand before him and we will all give an account. So I'm grateful today that you have decided to come and hear the word of God. And those around this nation and around this world that have come to their, that have gone to their houses of worship to honor the father, to honor God. So I'm thankful for you today. I'm thankful for you today. And I'm very proud of you. All right, now let's go to our uh, root scriptures here in Luke, the 14th chapter. Luke 14, I'm going to read to you once again, verses 25 through 35. Luke 14, verses 25 through 35, as we continue in the series once again of peace with God. 
peace with God. And let me give you a hint before the series even ends. There's only one way to have peace with God. That's just to say, yes, Lord, have your way. Really, it is really his way or the highway. (laughs) It really is. It really is. It really is, Gene. It really is. All right. So let's go now. Verse 25. Uh, Again, I'll be reading this to you out of the King James Version. Uh, Luke 14, verses 25 through 35 out of the King James Version. It goes like this. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, Jesus speaking here. And he he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot, say cannot. cannot. He cannot be my disciple. Verse 27, and whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me, cannot, say cannot, cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and, and, uh, and counter the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it? Least, uh, happily after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that hath, to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Or else, while uh, the other is yet a great way off, he sent, rather, he sendeth an ambassador and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, Turn your name and tell him now, he's talking to you again. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsake not some that he have, a little of what he has, most of what he has, what he can afford, he has. What he doesn't like, Thank you, Gene. The scripture says, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake not what? All that he hath, he cannot, say cannot, be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost its savor, its flavor, its taste, its purpose, wherewith shall it be salted? It is neither fit for the land or yet for the dunghill. But men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So again, the Lord uses the words several times, cannot. Cannot meaning not now, not ever. Cannot. He said, you cannot be my disciples if we don't fall in line with his order. If we don't fall in line with his doctrine, with his statements. Uh, and as we said on last week, now we went over a lot of these things on last week. We won't be going through a lot of them on this week. So I'll advise you once again, get the CD, get the download. Again, as we said that the modern day church, many of the modern day church does not understand this concept. They don't understand it. They feel that uh, it's okay to serve Jesus as long as it doesn't cost them anything. As long as it's convenient for them, they'll serve the Lord. 
As long as it fits into their lifestyle, they're willing to serve the Lord. But when you talk about sacrificing, you, you're cursing at them. They're going to say, you're crazy. They say, you're taking this Jesus thing too far. You're taking it too far. But I say, you haven't taken it far enough. It's time to serve the Lord with gladness and sincerity of the heart. Amen. Now, again, the Lord gave us five categories, five categories that we must observe. We went here on last week and I'll say them to just briefly today. Five categories that uh, we must never place before him. The first of all was relationships uh, of mother and father. He says that if you love them more than me, he said, uh, if you hate not, the word hate there meaning to love less. That is, you must love him more than all of these that he has just mentioned. Jesus must be, must be before father and mother. And we said father and mother represents uh, traditions, upbringing, generations. You must love him more than your upbringing, than your generations. Hallelujah. You must, must love him more. You must love him more than husband and wife. And we said as well that this was the deepest intimate connection given among mankind that is to symbolize the relationship of Christ and the church. So even this uh, most intimate connection, the Lord Jesus said, you must love me more than them. You must love me more. You must love me more. And then we said, then the Lord says, you must love me more than children. We said that this is an example uh, of when parents love their children, this is an example of that unconditional love. Parents, good godly parents, and even some ungodly parents, if something were to happen to their children, if danger were to come in through the front door, they would immediately spring into action and stand in the way of danger to prevent their child from being hurt. There would be no debate. So God says, even uh, to the point where you're willing to lay your life down for your child, you must love me more than that. And then there are brother and sister relationships, some that are closer to you, even than your natural blood relations. The Lord says, you must love me more than that. And then it gets down to the, to the most piercing one, Erica. He said, you got to love me more than you do yourself. You got to love me more. He said, if you cannot do that, you cannot be my disciple. And that's pretty pointed. And that's pretty rigid. But in fact, that is the word of God. Amen. So we said in, in uh, Matthew uh, 19, 27 through 30, the disciples, uh, the disciples understood this because they asked the question of the Lord. That, oh, they made this statement in uh, verse 27. They said, Lord, we have left all. We have left all. We have forsaken all and followed thee. They understood that. The disciples understood that. The early church understood that. They understood that. We've left all to follow you. But Jesus said, hey, if you've done that for me, he said, uh, he said there's no man. In verse 28, Jesus said, verily I say unto you that um, ye that have followed me, Rather, let's look in verse um, uh, 29. He says, everyone that hath forsaken houses and mothers, rather houses or brethren or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands um, 
uh, for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit eternal life. The Lord said, you haven't left that stuff in vain. God, I'm telling you something. Jesus is a good boss man. He's a wonderful employer. You're not going to work for him and and him not return blessings unto you. He's not going to stiff you when payday comes around. You bless and he will bless. His blessings always far surpass yours. So don't ever think that God will ever be indebted to you or that you've done so much good and, and nobody's ever given to me, Jesus. I've done all of this and nobody. No, if you've done it for the Lord, if you've lent to the Lord, he's going to make sure you get paid. Hallelujah. All right. But we have to make sure that it's for the Lord and not out of some self ambition, selfish ambition. All right, yet there's another condition, and this is where we stopped on last week. That's where we go back up now to verse number 27. Here's another condition that the Lord spoke about that we must be, we must do in order to be his disciples. Now, remember, a disciple is a learned one, is a pupil, is a follower of Jesus. A disciple is what we would call also uh, a Christian, should be what we would call a Christian today, a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, the word Christ, we know, means uh, the anointed one or the anointing, Christ. So everyone that names the name of Christ, everyone that says, I am a Christian, you're actually saying, I am anointed. I am anointed of God. I am anointed. But we said that far too often in today's modern day culture, being a Christian and being anointed sometimes are not synonymous because many have not chosen the narrow way. They've chosen the comfortable way. But the Bible tells us that in the last days that many will go after the false doctrines. They will go after teachers with itching ears, people that will tell them what they want to hear. People that really try to make them comfortable where they are. But I'm finding out if you're comfortable in this walk with Christ, you're not walking with Christ. Are you hearing? Got to get you to heaven. Hallelujah. That's my goal. I got to get you there. I got to get you to heaven. And I've got to get you into right relationship with God through Christ Jesus. You've got to walk according to his purpose and calling for your life. I'm on an assignment, Ray. I'm on an assignment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So verse 27. In verse 27, we see here another condition of becoming a disciple of Christ. You ready, Diane, for this one? Another condition. Here we go. The Lord says here in verse 27, and whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Let's read that again. And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Are you hearing me? That's verse number 27. Are y'all with me? All right. Well, again, Luke 14, going back to our root scripture, Luke 14, once again, this is after verse 26 that says again, if any man come to me and hate not his father, mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, 
he cannot be my disciple. Verse 27 reads, And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So stay with me, okay? Remember, the screen is there for your convenience, but you should always bring your own Bible to church. Amen? All right, here we go. So he says again, here's another condition. If I were to take a sampling of most Christians today or most churchgoers today, and if I were to ask them, what did Jesus mean when he says that you must bear your own cross? Notice that wording. He said, whosoever uh, and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The word his, H-I-S here, is not talking about Jesus's cross. It's your cross. I wonder how many can simply make a statement of what Jesus meant by bearing his cross. First of all, we know that you have a cross to bear. You have a cross to bear. And what does it mean to have a cross to bear? Here again, it is our goal to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We must be a follower of Jesus Christ. We must be a disciple because it is the disciple that will do the works of Jesus. It is the disciples that God will, that God will show his wonders to the world. It is the disciple that will please the Father. It is the disciple that will be Christ-like. I must be a disciple. Say with me, I must be a disciple. All right. So again, he says, uh, whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Bearing his cross. And let me give you some definitions of this so that you'll be aware of this. Let me give you some definitions. You can take notes if you like, or make sure that you hear uh, the series on audio or watch the video so that you can get it again and get it inside of you. Let me give you one general definition of bearing the cross of Christ, or what does it mean to bear your cross? In general, it means living a sacrificial lifestyle of self-denial devoted to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, in general, it means living a sacrificial lifestyle devoted to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is laying one's life down. It is laying one's life down or aside that the will of God may be manifested in the earth. That's bearing your cross. Oh, it's quiet in here. Now, there are also three facets of bearing the cross that I want to give you. You can make note of it or make sure you make sure that you listen later. There are three, three facets of bearing the cross. Let me give it to you. The first facet is bearing the cross um, in its truest sense is living, as we said, living a sacrificial life or bearing that cross until death occurs. Living a sacrifice, sacrificial life, or bearing the cross until death occurs. If you went back into uh, biblical times, when the disciples heard the word bearing cross, they weren't thinking of a tattoo on somebody's arm. They weren't thinking about a necklace that hung around the neck or an earring with a cross on it. 
when the disciples heard cross, when the people heard cross, they thought about capital punishment because you were to take the cross, bear your cross, and then they would um, put it into the ground and you would hang there on the cross until death occurred. Bearing the cross to them meant this is a one-way ticket. One-way ticket to death. Are you hearing me? So the Lord was saying here, this is not a pleasure cruise. This is not a pleasure journey. This is why he says at the end of this, at the end of this chapter, he tells them, count up the cost. He says, sit down first before you build that tower. Sit down first before you make war. Sit down first and see whether you have what is, what is needed to complete the task. This is not for the faint of heart. This is why this is a narrow way. This is a narrow way. Hallelujah. And so he says here, again, the first facet is hanging until death occurs. First facet of the cross. Secondly, the cross to us today represents the proclamation of God's love to the world that he gave and that he gave his only begotten son to prove it. So a cross is also bearing the cross of Christ is a statement of love, a proclamation of love, love and acceptance that God is willing uh, to forgive all humanity if they only ask him to. Are you hearing? He's willing to forgive. So secondly, again, is the proclamation of love. And thirdly, it is the willingness of God to forgive everyone that asks. It is an example of God's grace to all humanity. But if we go by the third, go by the third, okay, God says this cross represents, you know, forgiveness. Great. Yes, it does. This cross of Christ represents the love of God. Yes, it does. But it also represents great sacrifice and really humiliation. When Christ was hanging on the cross, that was humiliation. When public, when they executed people publicly, publicly, as Minister Nelson said earlier, publicly, this was not something on the back roads or back hill. This was something publicly. You hung on that cross naked. Maybe something uh, covering the vital parts, maybe. But it was a public example of shame. Are you willing to be humiliated for the cross of Christ? Are you willing that they will, that are you willing if Jesus says, say something and you say it, are you willing to be humiliated? Are you willing to be scandalized, criticized, talked about for the cross of Christ for Jesus? He said, if you're, if you're not able to endure that shame, you never you, you won't be able to endure the love either that comes along with it or the forgiveness and mercy. Remember, we as human beings, many times we go through our lives trying to avoid pain and seeking after pleasure. That's what we do. We try our best to avoid pain and seek after pleasure. But see, in this life, many times when you find the pleasure that you wanted, you'll also find pain. Hallelujah. Y'all hang with me now, okay? Don't let me let me lose you. This verse says again, whosoever beareth his cross 
which means that you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. But it's never, this is not going to happen without the influence of the Holy Spirit, without you praying and seeking the face of God, without you asking for the grace of God on a daily basis, without you repenting of your sins on a daily basis. It's impossible to do the works of God without God. It's impossible to be a disciple of Christ without Christ. It's impossible. Other than that, you just try, you just, just be trying to be a good person, trying to live a good moral life, and that's not what God's asking for. He's asking for all of it. He's commanding all of it. Are you hearing? Amen. All right, so let me give you some verses that will help you, um, that will help bring this in pro- into proper focus. 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verses 19 through 20. I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation. Are you all still, still there today? I feel like I've, I've lost some of you today. I feel like I've lost you. Are you lost? You're not lost? Okay. First Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verse 19 through 20. This is how it reads. It says, don't you have a new living translation again. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? And was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. You do not belong to yourself. That's the word of God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Let me say that again. You do not belong to yourself. How about 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 14 and 15? Also, I have New Living Translation. This is how it reads. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 through 15. It says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Verse 15 he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, has anyone received the new life of Christ? Amen. You have? Hold up your hand if you've received the new life that Jesus provides. All right. Well, then let's look at this next part of the verse. It says, so that those who receive his new life will no longer, say no longer, no. will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Are you hearing? Let's look at another. Let's look at um, Galatians, the second chapter, verse 20. I love this out of the voice translation. Galatians, the second chapter, verse number 20. This is how it reads. Paul says here, I have been crucified with the anointed one. I am no longer alive. Listen to his position. I am no longer, I have been crucified, that is, I have died. I am no longer alive. You say, man, you're crazy, Paul. I am no longer alive, but the anointed is living in me. It's Jesus who's living in me. And whatever life I have left in this failing body, I live by the faithfulness of God's son, the one who loves me and gave his body on the cross for me. 
Anybody catching anything about that? So again, bearing the cross is living a sacrificial life in pursuit of the glory of God in our actions, in our thoughts, and the fruit of our lives, which also includes right relationship with man. This is the way of the cross. Look at the cross for a moment. Look at the one, or think of one if you cannot see one. The way of the cross is twofold. Man's relationship to God and also our relationship with each other. If someone says, if you find someone that says, oh, I'm so holy. Oh, I'm so holy. I go to church. I pay my tithes. I pray for three hours a day every day. As a matter of fact, I pray several times a day for three hours a day. You know, I pray all the time. I know all the scripture by heart. And they say, I've got a great relationship with God. But if they can't get along with people, the devil is a liar. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Jesus gave his life for people. And if we say we hate people, but we love God, the Bible says you're a liar. Are you hearing? No, the way of the cross is twofold. Man's relationship to God and his relationship to each other. And Jesus said, by this shall all men that you, that should all men know that you are my disciple by your love one for another or one to another. By the way you relate to each other. It's a shame before God that people can sit in church and can't stand the person to the left or to the right. It's a shame before God that we can't talk to one another and people come to church and they're arguing in their cars and then putting on another face and walking in the front door. It's a shame before God. It is hypocrisy and God's not pleased with that. God's not pleased with that. Are you hearing me? We've got to get it together. Cheating each other. Robbing, defrauding each other, talking about each other. We've got to get it together. You can't treat your brother and sister like trash and then raise your hands up before God. Are you hearing? That's not the way of the cross. Scripture says, in as much as in you is, live at peace with everybody. You got to live at peace with everybody. Live at peace with everybody. Let me give you a hint. If there are days that you don't see me, especially after a church service or something or throughout the week, you say, where's Pastor Stroud? He's somewhere. He's not out here like he normally is. Maybe because Pastor Stroud is dealing with some things at that moment, and I don't have the capacity at that moment to deal with you. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. When you're not in that frame of mind, when you know that your tank, your love tank is getting a little bit empty, when you know it's getting a little low, and you know people are going to come around you and want to pull on your love tank, pull on your patience tank, pull on your peace tank, and you know it's a little low, let's, get, let's hide away, get filled up until we're ready to approach them. Because if they pull on your love tank and they hit the bottom of your tank, bang, 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 and there's nothing there, all they're going to get is a bunch of trash. 
That's all that's going to come up from your tank is a bunch of trash. I can't get no talking here. So again, bearing, your, bearing the cross twofold between your relationship with God and your relationship to each other. And let me begin to, to close out here. It's important how you treat other people. It's important how you treat others. It's important. God looks at it. It's important how you treat your neighbor. It's important how you treat your enemy. Jesus said emphatically that if you only salute those or greet those that greet you, what reward have you? If you only love those that love you, what reward have you? You've done nothing. The heathens have done that. And I assume that we want to be more than heathens. The ungodly have done that. But he said, be like your father, which is our goal, to be like our father, who gives rain on the just and the unjust, who calls the sun to shine on the just as well as the unjust, the just of those that deserve it. But if you only love those that deserve it, what are you doing? God gives love to those who deserve it and who don't deserve it. I'm one of the ones that don't deserve his love and kindness and tender mercies. I'm one of those that God is still working on. I want to say anyone else that God is still working on and can honestly say I don't deserve how good he's been to me. If we only bless those that are deserving, then you're not exemplifying the character of Christ of God, you're exemplifying the character of the devil. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and land this plane. Phew, thank God. Let me show you another one. John, the 12th chapter, John 12, verses 23 through 26. Let me show you how really serious God is about, he is about this. John 12, verses 23 through 26, and it says, And Jesus answering them saith, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth how much fruit? Much fruit. He that loveth his life shall what? Shall lose it. Loving means to hold on to, hold on to the way it is, not be willing to change. Many people are afraid to give God the reins of their lives because they say, I don't know what he's going to do. And because of that fear, they keep their lives. And God said, if you keep it, you're going to lose it in this world. He said, and he that hated his life, that is to love the life of God more. He that hated his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Verse 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also, there shall also be my servants. There shall also my servants be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So again, as we go on down to verse 28, and we'll stop here for today. The Lord advises this. He advises this because 
after all of this discussion, remember, it started off with Jesus turning to the multitude, right? A lot of people following him. A lot of people want to be associated with him. A lot of people wanted to be around him, but they didn't really want him. They really wanted what he had. If you ever find anyone in your life that wants what you have, but they don't want you, you need to take them to the left, to the left, to the left. To the left. You want the heart of God. If you receive God's heart, you'll get what's in his hand. But it's time's over for looking for what's in his hand and never receiving his heart. Let's go after the heart of God. Again, it matters how you treat God. It matters how you worship and pray. Yes, and it matters also how you treat each other. It matters. It matters. And I've told you again about last time and, and how pastors and or other people who say they name the name of Jesus uh, defrauding companies, not only tax evasion and things like that. Now, remember, the sin in the pulpit is only a, a tip of what's in the pew. Making illegal this and this and that, that's not of God. Rotting, robbing and defrauding people, talking about them, cursing and all that, that's not of God. Compromising, it is not of God. If we find ourselves in these compromising positions, let's cry out to the Lord and repent. Are you hearing? To be like Christ, yes, means that we're going to do signs and wonders and miracles. Praise God. To be like Christ also means we're going to love the Father. We're going to love people. Yes. But to be like Christ also is to be lost in the will of God. Jesus said this way, Father, let not my will, but thine be done. That's our desire. That's our purpose. Everything else falls in line with that. As your life gets on track with the Lord, everything else will fall in line. I promise you, as you put God in his proper position and place in your life, everything else will fall in line. Finances, marriages, relationship, businesses, Everything else falls in line in the proper order. Now, there may be some struggle first, but it will fall in line. And so the Lord ends it here, and we'll end it here today. He tells them to count up the cost. I want you to notice here, he says, for which king, which king, and by the way, you are the king that he's talking about here. Look at that in verse number 31. Or for what, or for what king going to make war against another king, sit if not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else while he's, a, uh, while he's a great way off, he sends an ambassador, he sends an ambassador to discuss terms of peace. You are a king. God is the great king. Man sets himself up as king. Now, why, this, why is this important? Because the great king is coming. And he's coming with a whole lot more than you have. Coming to make war. Coming to bring judgment upon this planet. Are you able to make war with him? Are you able to box with him? 
He's coming. Rest assured, he's coming. So while he is a great way off, let's go to him and discuss conditions of peace. Because he's going to rule this land. His kingdom is going to come. What are, what are his conditions of peace? Receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Receive him as Lord and Savior of your life. Repent of your sins. Turn from your wicked ways. Seek his face. Give your life to him. Love him. Adore him. Serve him. Put him first. And everything else in your life will change. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that you equip your, equip your people with the grace, with your grace to do what you have commanded. Father, I believe that all of us want to be disciples, true disciples of Jesus Christ. But Father, there's going to take something, it's going to take a move of your spirit for us to come, un, come away from the things of this world that have gotten so embedded on the inside of us. In some ways, Lord, we have called wrong right and right wrong. We're all focused. We're misaligned. We believe the wrong things. But, Father, we ask you even now in the mighty name of Jesus to convict us in our hearts and lead us in the way that we should go. Lead us in the narrow path that we know will be pleasing unto you and we'll find new life as we simply follow your instruction. So, Father, I release this word to you today, and we give you praise for it. And, Lord, I thank you for the grace to follow and to do what you've said. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website, at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.